T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a Friday, and I think I speak for you and I both when I say, love weekends, especially in South Florida because the weather is so, on the way, going to be hearing from the Joe Rose Show, they're talking to Lindsay Zorniak, she used to live in South Florida, Dan Lebetard, he still lives in South Florida, he and his guys, Celebrity prognosticator Hank Azaria, huge, huge Simpsons fan. So that is going to be great. Dan Gracia filling in for Stephen A. Smith. He is talking with Chris Canty, baseball and some New York football giants. And then, of course, we'll have those Huckman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers wrapping up the Huckman and Crowder show. But right now, let's get in some of those headlines. The Nikosi Perry-led Canes take on the 28th ranked Virginia Cavaliers tonight at 8. Pre-game starts at 4 here on 560 The Joe. The Panthers begin a three-game road trip tonight in Buffalo versus the Sabres. Puck drops at 7. Tonight, the Heat continue preseason at 7.30 against the Hawks. Here in Miami, forward James Johnson is back with the team after meeting conditioning requirements. The Patriots defeated the Giants 35-14 last night. The Dolphins take on Washington 1 p.m. Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. The NLCS begins tonight at 8 as the Nationals take on the Cardinals. Tomorrow, it's the ALDS with the Yankees squaring off against the Astros at 8. The U.S. men's national team kick off CONCACAF Nations League play tonight at 7 versus Cuba. Now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Florida man recently dressed up as Florida lady, robbed a bank, then stole a police patrol car to make his getaway. Yes, Florida man. Two ladies in Australia say they were quote-unquote put off when a man in a pink thong jogged by them. So now I guess I won't be wearing my pink thong to South Beach this weekend. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, low chance of rain with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday for your chance to win big-time money. Share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Joe Rose Show. Up and at him this morning. Getting you ready for the big Dolphins game this weekend. Seriously, a lot of things are on the line. They talk to Lindsey Zorniak, who's lived both here in Miami and in Washington, D.C. They talk about loser dating Zach Krantz, NASCAR, and sideline reporting. Breaking down D.C., time for Haskins, and who wants to lose more on Sunday? NBC alum from down here. Also, and I, and I had to remind Joe, years and years and years ago when she first got down here, uh, we did loser dating game on the Joe Rose show, and she happened to be the girl on the girl part of it. And it was me and two other losers, and I actually won that. I, we never went on the date, you know, 100 years ago. No, no, ago. it was a good – she made a good move. Right, she made a good move not going on no the date question. with me. But li- she did just fine for herself, she by the way. She did good. It was like it was the big spark in her career, and I take, I'm taking credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay Zarniak joins us right now on the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline. Lindsay, welcome back to South Florida. 
Oh my god, it's so good to uh, to hear you guys. I actually had blocked that out for some reason, yeah. and I, I don't know why. It's okay. That's so did Joe. Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny. When, <laughs> one of the highlights in my career, but no one else's. So you know, when you, you get all these no, big I time. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay. Uh, god, oh my god, it is uh, it is great to talk. And we were just talking off the air about you, and I said, listen, she was unbelievable to work with. I mean that. I say it if you weren't here or you're here, it was great having you. And then, of course, everything just took off. You went to Washington, uh, the George Michael show, which was famous forever. What did he used to say, by the way, Lindsay? What was his go-to line in the uh, vi- before he rolled the video? What did he say? He rolled it. He'd, he'd say, let me take you to Detroit. And then he'd touch the button. And <laughs> That's what it was. There you go. <laughs> it was, let me take you to Boston. Let oh. me take you to Chicago. Yeah, um, oh, my gosh. You got- No, Joe, you are. You are the best, and I only have tremendous memories. The biggest, one of the biggest memories is me always trying to dodge your questions about my love life. That was. That was I did try to set not, you up a few times. You oh know, it's so funny. Oh, you were like, it was so funny. So I would, I would like sometimes I would see him, and I would have to decide, okay, like what, what am I going to say this time? What's going on here? Um, no, it was so fun working with you. Are you kidding? You were the best, and you were so, um, so helpful too. I mean, that's that's the, the biggest well, thing I that I remember. About, so I don't know about that because I got to tell you something. She came in, and she'd been with NASCAR. And so I go, look at this sport. I mean, I know they go fast, and I know Gordon and Earnhardt and some of those guys. But but, nothing else. And she's like, oh, no. And then we, I'd be with her, and she was like part of that family. Are you doing the NASCAR stuff again, or did you ever stop doing it completely? Well, so when I went, I kept doing it when I got to D.C., and then when I went to ESPN, I had to stop. And then I once I left ESPN, Fox was where I went to to do Fox Sports Race Hub. So I do NASCAR with them in studio. Um, I was working the weekend. They have the weekend Race Hub version this past spring. So that was my first time really kind of back in it, which was really cool because like you just described it as a family. It, it really does feel that way. And so, yeah, so that was fun. So I did it. I'll see. I'm not sure yet what my involvement is going to be this coming you know season yeah. once it starts new after. Um, but yeah, but it's, you know, it's great. And I, I don't know. It's kind of like being back here too. It's funny because it just brings you back the way that um that that all started and yeah i was doing racing but then when i got the opportunity here yeah that happened because i met jeff taft our producer in victory lane at daytona so i was there helping the guys in jacksonville who i worked with because i was a news reporter and joe you were there maybe were you there i don't remember i remember chris and it was just it was a great group of people but uh, we were talking for like an hour and then they said hey we've got this opening in miami and i was like oh my god miami that was amazing so it was that's kind of where it all started for me to come down here and then your your career comes all the way back and they're going to punish you by making you do the Fox sideline for the Redskins and Dolphins. Everything was going great. Isn't it hilarious? Isn't it so funny? Like, oh. I mean, obviously, this is how it would happen. I know. It is, uh, you know, I mean, the best thing, I guess, out of it is it's a great trip back to Miami. It's going to be awesome to see people, you know, that I am that I have not seen in years. Um, you know, I mean, I, you can say, like, there, there are interesting storylines for sure. And here's the thing. I mean, we talked about this with my broadcasting crew a couple of weeks ago. It was like, listen, we don't know what the situation is going to be when we de- get down here. We don't know if the Redskins are going to have a new coach. We don't know if Miami will have had a win. But it could be an opportunity to, to just do some really good storytelling, right? So I, for me, actually, in my role on the sidelines, I think this might be a week where I'm able to even dig in a little bit more because we don't know how much drama there's going to be in the game, you know? 
right. Well, you were in Washington for a while. Did you have uh, a relationship? Did you talk at all? Daniel Snyder, Bruce Allen, the, obviously the stories about these guys and uh, you know, the Gruden firing, but everything that's going on up there, the kind of dumpster fire they have also, like we have down here. But what was kind of your time, what was it like in Washington with Snyder and Bruce Allen, any interaction? Snyder, yes. Bruce, no, because he was at the end of my time there, although I've, I've met him several times, and I think – yeah, I mean, he was there, but he came in towards the end. So more with Snyder. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest, it's because of George, right? So George Michael had a different relationship with that organization because of the platform that he had, you know, and because of the way that he handled people. And so he was very close with Joe Gibbs. And so Gibbs had just started the year before in his second, you know, tenure there. And so when I came in, it was like they were in that heyday of reliving that with Gibbs and, and they were solid they were making the playoffs and so Snyder you know yes the interaction was when I would see him with George or when he would honestly it was when he would come to talk to George and I would be there and I would be doing the case for the defense with Greg Williams because that was like my little segment um so yeah for me I feel like I have seen a lot of the inner workings of the organization there are a lot of people there that I've respected for a long time I think like I feel what those fans you know the DC fans are feeling I mean I grew up there when I was here I absolutely came to you know really care about a lot of people that were here and so Miami is always a place that I, I pay attention to also but DC man like those fans they've dealt with this for decades Ooh. you know right yeah so, well listen our, our fans are, we, have, yeah we've been through Brady and Belichick hangover like every week for almost two decades yeah so we're with you right but yes I don't know what's going on there I know that the fans are so tired of it because it just seems like it's been band-aid fixes is sort of what the feeling up there is you know and it's the question is how does any of this change are you surprised they're not playing Dwayne Haskins a a little bit Lindsay or, or not really as you talk to people I mean they've lost already a third of their games of the season and they've got this first round pick and now they're saying he's not ready, which everybody's playing. Are you surprised you a little bit or not? I'm surprised they put him in when they did, and okay. that they, yeah, I am. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that the circumstances went down that way. That he played, he obviously struggled, and then that's it. Because I think that that's got to be really tough for anybody for him too, as as a rookie who is still learning. I think that you know, obviously, he's not where they want him to be. I know that he, I don't think, agrees with that necessarily, but I think the whole thing is kind of confusing. But I also, you know, someone made the point about if they're unsure what this is going to look like, what this offense is really going to look like, do you put him in now and have him struggle possibly to then have the offense switched, you know, if there is a new coaching staff? I don't know, though. I don't know that I buy into that. What do you guys think? I thought they'd play him by now. We went through that with Josh Rosen when he first got here. He wasn't starting. Everybody was screaming, and now, like, He's the quarterback for the next 12 games, and we feel like he's already played a full season he's been running around a little bit back there. <clears throat> yeah, but I was a little surprised, but I guess I was more surprised to hear coaches go, he's not ready, and you're going, he's not ready. Like, that's kind of on coaches a little bit to, to get you ready, but he must have been, and I, I saw he threw all those interceptions in the one game, but they just came right out yeah. and went, no, he needs some work. We, we like him in the future, but he's not even close, and you were like, ooh, okay, so – I've been a little surprised, Zach, right? 
Well, yeah, because of the fact that the Haskins situation with me was if the team is bad, if, if you're going through a bad season, you might as well let him take his lumps. And I figured that the second Jay Gruden's – actually, we said it here on the show right after Gruden was fired. We said, oh, well, this obviously the next step now is to put yeah. the interim head coach in, be let Haskins start yeah. the rest of the season. He's going to make his first start against the Patriots if that was the case. And then all of a sudden he'll come down and uh, play here in Miami because this game here – I mean, we're calling it kind of the two-able down here, you know, like you never know what's yeah, going to oh, happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's two over okay. teams. Right. Someone's going to have a win <laughs> unless they tie. Someone's going to have a win after this week, and one fan base is going to be happy and the other's not about winning that game. It's going to be so weird come Miami, coming here in Miami uh, on Monday. If the Dolphins win, people are going to be upset right. about the win. Like, that, it's crazy. Listen, I hope they're upset with you guys because I ain't going to be upset. We. <laughs> Right. I don't want to go in 16. Lindsay, nobody wants to go in 16. Even teams that want the I first know. pick, right? Um, no, I, I, 100%. You know, and, but back to what you said, I think the messaging matters. And the right, so the with the Haskins situation, for them to say so blatantly he's not ready, right. no matter what, you can't sugarcoat that, and that is a negative message. And I look, this may sound stupid, right? But I think that that's important. And the guy's hearing it, and I know that it's been tough for him. You know, because he has shared that, but it's, he hears that stuff too. So I, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's either really bad and it's really like, uh oh, he's nowhere near what we thought, or or the messaging was was not good. There was there was some issues going on with Gruden, you know, because I I don't know. I've heard or or who's making the decisions. That's the other thing that I think. Right. So. Yeah. Is it? Is there some reason? But um, but yeah. That, so the Owen sixteen thing, though, I, I came down here and I'm like, I want to just get the feel. I mean, pe- like people legitimately want to tank. Is well, they true? do now. I mean, it, yeah, we got. I, listen, we got rid of two of our best young players for draft picks. I mean, they made yeah. a clear cut at that point, Lindsay. You yeah. know, and and so like like, but we got guys on the team, so it's kind of funny now, Lindsay, because now we got guys going really. So so we see what you're doing, right? Okay, so yeah. we're going to try to screw you by winning the game. We're going to try harder to stick it to you because we don't care about your stinking draft next year. We want to win. Nobody wants to go. You know, and it, you're kind of with that, so the fans are kind of buying in and, and the team's going, you know, you know what our game plan is. You know what our game plan is. And the players are going, screw you. I don't care about Tua next year or anybody else. Or Well, you have the first pick. And I was glad to hear Daniel Kilgore come out and say it. Like, so it was really good. It's uh, it'd be a good little, uh, good little piece. I am one of the few that doesn't want to go in sixteen. I don't wish that. I don't want to have seventeen and zero and zero and sixteen. I I don't get that. I don't want it. But a no, lot of people do, Lindsay. A lot of people do. I, I think, just want you know. The first I I think. Yeah, you know, he, I hear you. That's and it's a, funny. And I heard the Kilgore comments. I heard him say that. And I was like, that's cool. But then it, but that made me think, man, you know, to, to everybody, okay, it's football. But when you think about, and Joe, it's like playing this game and how difficult it is week in and week out. I cannot imagine Mind Warp is like going in and, and just, you know, for one thing, it stinks so bad when you're losing. But I'm right. saying from a player's perspective, right? Like, yep. how tough is that to grind through it? And sort of have that question marker, right. are we winning? Are we not, right? Right. No, no, I agree. It's Because I've never seen anything like this that we're going through right now and what the team's doing. They're still taking a big chance by by the big game plan for the for the offseason and, and being uh, the big show in Vegas when the draft comes around. But yeah. you still got those 12 games to get through. Hey, Lindsay, before I forget, I was just thinking while you were talking, I've tried to set you up so many times. I am so sorry that <laughs> – I was thinking about Rob Conrad's buddy, and he called me oh God, later, and he, you, and he goes, and he goes, what, what did you like? 
What did I do wrong? Oh, man, she just doesn't like you, bro. I don't know. I didn't go out on a date with you. Rose, Joe, listen to me. This is so funny. I was like, where is the last place that he did that to me? And I was remembering the house party we were at. And I and I and we went together. It was Mark. He's a great guy. And we went together. And I remember. Oh my God. Yeah, you really did. You tried to set me up a ton, but I appreciated it. I mean, my dating life in Miami was more complete because of Joe Rose. Oh my God. I can't believe how many guys used to call off the air, like athletes, and going, "Hey, uh, hey, Joe. Guys never even talked to me. Is Lindsay? Uh, is she, uh, you know, no, you got no shot, bro. You're out. Yeah, I didn't like covering you. I thought you were an idiot when you played. You're out. Click. So it was pretty funny. Oh, Lindsay. Lindsay. I will oh apologize on behalf of Joe Rose for all of Joe Rose's answers. I can't wait to give you a big hug when I see you on the sideline on Sunday, Lindsay. Thank you so I much. I know. Me too. No, you're welcome. And, I, you know, the other thing I remember just before we go is, like, your, your practical jokes. And I remember there was one time you had me peeing my pants with D-Rod and Jason Taylor. And there was, I, I cannot remember the context of it. But oh, no, were. it was the interview where he, he lost it. Oh, yes, we, we killed. And he yeah. still got that. And by the way, if that was ever get out because the stuff that was said, that was set up, if right. D-Rod's listening right now because he does, I would get fired. <laughs> yes. I mean, that that if that tape ever shows up, I'm right. done in today's, right. you know, yeah, I don't, the temperature right. of, uh, of the world right, right now. Right so. on Twitter. That's yeah. where it's going, right oh, on Twitter. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, isn't it? All right. <laughs> Bye. Lindsay, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great call on Sunday. See you Sunday. Okay, thanks. Bye. Loving the Joe Rose Show. Lindsay Zarniak, always great. She's got the sideline call, so she is here in Miami reliving the glory days and making some new memories. Of course, always memories when it comes to the Dan Levitard Show. So much fun. Got a memorable one coming up in just a few minutes. Going to be talking to celebrity prognosticator Hank Azaria. That man is comedic gold, so it should be fun. Keep it tuned right here on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Always has some cool day spa stuff on there. <sighs> Plus other fun, cool, crazy stuff. A lot of good things happening tonight. Got the U.S. men's soccer team against Cuba. Also my Pelicans playing some preseason basketball. Zion looking very good. Let's not also forget about the Heat. They've got a big preseason game. The Hurricanes playing. Oh my goodness, just set up about 50 TVs and radios and just enjoy it all. But right now, please enjoy the Dan Lebitard Show. He is Mr. MIA with celebrity prognosticator Hank Azaria and the problem with Mono. I hate the area season four black Miami set for April 2020. You can catch up on Black Mile on the IFC app, IFC.com, or Binge on Hulu and Hank joins us right now. Hello, Hank, I missed you. Mr. Keith, that's how you doing. I am doing well. Uh, listen, Mets and Jets. I mean, I really have to. Like, I'm, I'm not just saying that. Right. Hey, like, I've been pining away. I've been really sad. Like, a breakup kind of thing. Like, pining a lot. Hey, did you interpret when Stugatz read the promo, the lead-up? Introducing you like I did. I don't know if anyone else notices what you said. Uh, you can watch Blackmire on the IFC app, IFC.com, or Binge, as if Binge was a way 
to watch, and then he realized, oh, binge on Hulu. He, he, he kind of had the Hulu pattern experience, but I gotta tell you, the readings that you're having tonight, I wouldn't get his eyes. That's fair. That is fair, but Chris and I, I feel like had a moment that it was all where I just thought that binge on Even though I Yeah, yeah. 
It's a great point. Uh, let's get to the games here with our friend Hank Azari against Season 4 Brock Meyer set. For April 2020, you can catch up on Brock Meyer on the IFC app, IFC.com, or binge on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> And now, it is time for Celebrity Prognosticator. Yes, we some money. And all lines here provided by Caesars. Hank, we need a run here. Colin is beating us up pretty good here. We need you, Hank Azaria, friend of the show, to go on a run here. Are you ready? I'll do what I can again. Evil con. <laughs> uh, let's go Seattle at Cleveland. The Browns are getting a point and a half at home. Mike Lyons Browns getting a point and a half at home. Thank you going with you. No. I really hope Hank Azaria does very good with the Celebrity Prognosticator. I want to hear him week in, week out on the Dan Lebitard Show. And you can hear Dan Lebitard weekdays right here from 10 to 1 on 560 to Joe. Up next, no Stephen A. Smith. He's on vacation. Dan Gracia talking baseball and all New York sports with Chris Cancy. It's the best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I happen to be Dan Day. Dan is the name, at least for this show. I'm the host, Dan Day. Always features some Dan Levitard. And today, Dan Gracia filling in for Stephen A. Smith. He's talking with Chris Canty about the New York Yankees, also the New York football giants. Hal Darnold is going to help the Jets. Aaron Boone's quick hook in the upcoming ALCS, which is going to be a lot like the World Series. Chris Canty, who's joining me now. CC, what's going on, my friend? You gotta be pumped that you Yankees came through here. Absolutely, I'd rather have the ALCS kick it off this weekend in the Bronx, but... Nonetheless, we get the matchup that everybody's been anticipating all season long. The Yankees wrapped up the ALEs back in the end of July, so we knew that this was going to be a collision course with the Astros and the Yankees, and it's finally here. Now, I know you were rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays last night. I knew as a Yankee fan, an old Yankee fan should have been rooting for the Tampa Bay Rays. Did you really go into that game with a legitimate amount of hope that maybe they can pull that upset? No, I mean, how could you after God call had the game two that he had in the DSVS? 15 strikeouts, and of course, the Houston Astros, they don't lose at home in the regular season. They were 16 21, and they've won three games down there in the postseason. So, it's a tough out when you're down there in Minute Park, and so, 
I kind of knew that the Astros would advance, but I still didn't keep me from hoping that the Rays found a way to pull that one out. Now, the big entry here from the Yankees side of things, I was just talking about this before you hopped on here, but how is Alan Boone going to line up those three starting pitchers, okay? We know the first two games are going to be in Houston here. Tanaka, Paxton, Severino, those are going to be the three big guys here. If you're asking me, Cece, I actually think that Severino should get one of those two starts on the road. He's had a history of pitching well in that ballpark. James Paxton has as well, but Masahiro Tanaka, I think, is my best big game pitcher. I want Tanaka pitching number one, and then it's a toss of the coin when I would do game number two. Well, I understand your logic. I I would say that I probably trust Tanaka out of that group of three right there the most. But Paxton and Severino have the swing and the stuff. And when you're talking about trying to navigate through that Astros lineup, you need guys that can throw strikes and guys that can make those batters miss. So uh, I guess that would be the, the conversation that Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are having. Uh, I know that you try to set things up where you give yourself the best chance to be able to try to steal the game uh, early on in this series. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, you're going to have to win those three home games when we come to the Bronx. And so you, you try to put together your pitching staff and set it up when you have the guy that you feel confident in that's going to be able to try to get you one of those games. To me, it would seem like it would be Tanaka, but Tanaka is a better pitcher in Yankee Stadium than he is on the road. You're right about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like a two-to-one split there when you're looking at his splits there. Home and away, he's got an ERA over six away from the Yankee Stadium. But I think October you throw all that stuff out the window because... Tanaka's value to this baseball team over the years has been more of the money pitcher in October. Not to say that he's been a bum in the regular season, but we know that how proven he is this time of year. And when the postseason started, Chris, right, all Yankee fans were sitting there Looking at Severino, because you hardly saw him all season long, what was he going to be able to give you? How would he be able to maybe stretch out and pitch maybe into 
let's say the sixth inning even, in that postseason game, and even though we didn't go long into the game in Minnesota, the fact that he looked out of trouble, the fact that he got out of bases loaded jam there only in that baseball game showed me that this guy is already to pitch in big money situations. That's why I would have no reservations whatsoever in giving him the baseball no matter where it is here against the Astros. Yeah, you're talking about that game, game three against the Twins, bases juiced in the second inning, no outs, and he finds a way to get Sonoma Pop out, then he strikes out the next two batters. I mean, Severino does have the stuff when he's right to be able to get anybody out, and you're gonna need him to pitch like that if you're gonna have a chance to beat the Astros, but ultimately, this series is not gonna come down to the starting pitching for the Yankees. That's not gonna be the difference maker. You're just hoping that the starting pitching can keep it close enough where you can get into the bullpen of that Astros team. If it becomes a game of bullpens, and you know that's advantage Yankees. So to me, the series is going to hinge on which lineup is going to be able to chase the opposing starting pitcher the quickest. That means the Yankees putting together a disciplined approach. One through nine, those guys putting together professional at-bats. If they can do that better than the Astros lineup, then I like the Yankees' chances. And you look at the lineups too, just from a contrast with this Houston Astros group versus what the Yankees just saw there with the Minnesota Twins. I mean, the Minnesota Twins, they hunt fastballs, they hit home runs, they didn't really strike out that often, but they did against the Yankees. Astros, on the other hand, they hardly strike out at all. So that's the challenge here. You don't necessarily have to be a bunch of flamethrowers up there and try to throw it, you know, high 90s and break the radar gun attacking this Astros lineup. They're a disciplined group. They're a patient group. And that's why they give you so many fits, and there's really no let-up one through nine in this batting order. It's going to be tough. No, it's going to be tough, man. You saw Jose Altuve and what he did in this series against the Rays. I mean, they've, they've got a really tough lineup to navigate. I mean... You like all of their guys because they can hit for power, they can hit for average, but they're going to put the ball in play. And so you recognize that your defense behind your pitching is going to have to be up to par if you're the Yankees. You can't afford to give a lineup like the Astros extra outs. 
And so that's also something that fans should be watching for in this game. But I mean, the way that the Yankees flipped the switch after limping to the finish line in the regular season and then turning it on and sweeping a 100-win Twins team, I mean, it never happened before in baseball, a 100-win team being swept in the DS. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to do that, it just tells me that there's something special about this Yankees team. I think there's something special about both of these teams. That's why this is going to be a great matchup, and that's why... I would not be surprised at all if it goes the distance. You know, we can give our picks a little bit later on here, but, you know, I think that if you're the Yankees and if you're Alan Boone, I think you might even be able to take a page from Kevin Cash's playbook with the Tampa Bay Rays as to how he went about Dealing with that Houston Astros lineup because we know the Astros are all about their power pitching. Those first three guys there at the front and they try to ride those guys as long as possible each time out. Yankees, even though you have the three starters at the front season, I don't necessarily think that Alan Boone is married to the idea that you have to go deep into ball games with them because you have a strength in the bullpen. And the way you saw Tampa Bay win that game four, you get the early lead, I mean, they entered a bullpen game, and he just mixed and matched and gave the opposition so many different things to look at. Remember, no Astros hitter saw the same pitcher more than once in that baseball game, so because the Yankees have some depth in that pen, I could easily see Alan Boone Maybe going with that strategy for one of these games, maybe even a game four, as to who's going to even start it, we have no idea. Yeah, Dan, no doubt Aaron Boone is going to have a quick hook. If one of his pitchers gets in trouble, he's going to get that guy out of there. There won't be a repeat of what happened in game three and game four of the DS. In 2018, when CC Sabathia and Severino let things get, get out of hand early in those games. So, I, I, don't, I don't see that. I think Aaron Boone's goal is to try to keep this thing as close as possible. And ideally, your, your starting pitcher will be able to get you through that lineup twice. But I don't think Aaron Boone is going to ask those starting pitchers to be able to do anything more than that because the analytics show you that when batters see the same pitcher for a third time, they're going to be that much better in terms of average and getting on base. So I think the most important thing for the starting pitching for the Yankees 
is just don't let it get out of hand, only keep the game close and allow your lineup to be able to have the same approach going against those starting pitchers from the Astros. When your lineup is not trying to do too much, when those guys are willing to pass the baton to the next guy, then I think that that lineup puts themselves in good position to be able to put a lot of pitches on those starters from the Astros. And again, if you can get into their bullpen, that's when the Yankees will have an advantage. Yeah, and as we saw last night too from Tyler Glass now, make sure you're not tipping your pitches too, because the Astros were all over that and that played into their hands. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, that helps. It's amazing what self-scouting can do these days, isn't it? But, you know, the last thing here when it comes to the Yankees is... How they're going to set up this roster for the LCS. They have until tomorrow morning to go public with it here. And, you know, there's a couple of guys who weren't included in the previous round. CeCe Sabathia's one of them. The other guy is Alan Hicks, who for the longest time, I mean, shoot, it looked like he was never going to play baseball again this year because of the elbow. He might have needed Tommy John surgery, who knows. I've kind of done, done a 180 with this whole thing with Alan Hicks. At first, I was like, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's no need to put him in. But right now, I'm kind of like, you know what? What do you have to lose? He's a capable bat. He know, you know that he's gonna make you stronger defensively when you have him in center field. I say roll the dice and hope he stays healthy. What do you think? Well, I think that's what the Yankees will do, and I just had the privilege of talking to the voice of the Yankees, Michael Kay, who works for 987 ESPN here in New York. And he said that he strongly feels like Aaron Hicks will be a part of the CS postseason roster. And so, I, I like Aaron Hicks. I mean, you know he's a plus defender. And then the fact that he gives you some flexibility in terms of being able to be a switch hitter, I just feel really confident about his ability to put together quality of bats, his ability to be able to get on base, and that's what you need, right? The Yankees, we all know that they, they're going to live and die by being able to hit home runs, but I also think that you got to be able to create traffic on the bases in order to get good scoring opportunities. And so I think that that, Having that, that type of availability, I think is important. So if you have Aaron Hicks and he's able to play center field, you put Brett Garner in left field, and you have Aaron Judge in right field, you have a pretty good defensive outfield. So I feel, feel really good about Aaron Hicks being a part of his postseason roster. Also, Sushi Sabathia is 
is somebody that I think the Yankees would like to have on this postseason roster as well. Keep in mind, it was left off of the DS roster, so hopefully those two guys will be included in the roster that the Yankees uh, unveiled tomorrow morning. I agree with you for sure. So game one gets underway Saturday night. Yanks and Strolls from Houston. You can hear every single pitch of the series, of course, on ESPN Radio. Now let's jump over to the football team here in New York. We took the field last night in Foxborough. And look, we knew going in. As short-handed as the Giants were, they were going to have to play close to a perfect game to even hang with the Patriots. Stephen A. Smith going to be back on Monday. We'll probably feature him on a Miami Monday of the Best of the Joe Show. Speaking of Miami, Hawkman Crowder, you hear him in Miami's afternoons right here on 560 The Joe Monday through Fridays, they say some crazy things, so that's why I bring you Hawkman Highlights, Crowd or Crowd Pleasers on Fridays. Here it is. Hawkman, 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 Hawkman. Highlights. Crowd or Crowd Crowd or Crowd Pleasers. I tell your fine daddy, I said hi. Hot Hawkman Highlights. Hawk has been married 20 plus years, and he said he's never sucked a toe in his life. John, I know you had some toes in your mouth. Mmm, delicioso. Lucky you don't get mono from sucking a toe. Whoa, hold on. You don't know what it's like to feel good until you feel bad. Oye, ¿qué es eso? I will lick Polynesian off myself. Now that's a crowd user. Es un chiste! Marco Hakmino Highlighto. I'm in a little bit of a sugar baby situation here. Huh? Duarte Dimes. Well spoken. Straight teeth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, look at my teeth. Like Chihuahua teeth. No old lady wants to talk to me like that. Pay for nothing for me. Ooh, un crowd or crowd, please, sir. Hi. Can't do drip. Drift, drift. I love Kurt Russell to raise me. Now that made my day. Auburn Hills Police Department are searching for the two individuals who are believed to be behind the porn that played on an electronic billboard at the I-75 highway in Michigan about a week ago. Reports say the billboard led to a record number of carjackings. <laughs> That's cute. Also, you say electronic, huh? Electronic. No, electronic. And he stole that joke from Saturday Night Live. Did he really? I heard on, it Saturday. Man. Oh, my God. I'm You're sorry. lifting jokes from <laughs> SNL? Same you thing. stole a joke from <laughs> SNL? Come I'm on, sorry. Crowder. I'm sorry, man. Oh I don't even watch SNL and I saw that. that. I Honestly, that is embarrassing. Come on, Chad. Now that made my Hey, hey Crowder, you want to do the show with me at uh, at six o'clock? I was run. I was going. I I was. I had. We, I talked to some. I, I'm gonna leave. I'm pleased. Love, 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 love those Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers. If you want to listen back to that. Or this show, or any of the shows you hear on this radio station, download the podcast for absolutely free wherever you get your podcasts. You can get the Radio.com app. That's free also. Or go to our website, WQAM.com. Once again, free, 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 free. So download it, and while you're at that, go to Twitter. Look up at Dan Day Radio. Give me a follow, and we're going to have some fun. Of course, we always have fun on the Best of the Joe show, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 o'clock, right here on 560 The Joe. Thank you so much for listening. Till it be Miami Monday, I am Dan Day. 
with the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.